ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Four Corners Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. My name is Shad, joined tonight by Matt and Brad. How are you guys doing? Bonjour. I'm doing good. It's been cold as hell where I've been living. What temperature-wise dictates cold as hell? Well, I think uh, I think over the weekend it was in the fifties one day, and raining. Well, yeah, I could see how that would <laughs> that could be a pretty big switch from uh, from where it had been, right? We were in the hundreds at the beginning of the week, and we were down to fifty by Saturday. It makes my joints hurt just thinking about that kind of swing. But. Yeah. See, I would I, I would not mind that. It's been it's been like in the eighties in DC, so I, I I could use like fifties, a nice fall temperature. You can wear like a nice uh, light jacket. That I that's a, that's coming. pleasant to me. Yeah. The problem okay. here. Well, you're probably gonna get you're probably gonna catch some of that hurricane, aren't you? As far yeah, as it's, weather. I, yeah, it, at work they're already like sending off like warnings, and uh, my building actually sent some sort of email saying that uh, they're preparing things. I don't think it's going to be like bad wind, um, honestly, but there are in some parts of the area they're predicting anywhere from say four to eight inches of rain within at least a twenty-four hour period. So that's that's a lot. <laughs> so there will definitely probably be local localized flooding in certain sure. places. It sounds, sounds like this one's going to be a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think it, I, I think the landfall is more south, but still, it's it's going to be kind of messy. Well, I mean, even, even in Ohio, we get we're we're going to get we're going to get some rain off of we'll get some pretty bad rain off of it. So. Yeah. So, in case you all hadn't figured it out, this is being shot the week of or this being recorded, not shot. Wow. I, yeah, our production values haven't jumped that much. Just being recorded. <laughs> yeah, wow, did we did we somehow get a sponsor? Wasn't aware of that there. Uh, I'm trying. Content. I'm trying, but they're like, oh, there's three dudes talking. Um, <laughs> this is being recorded the week of September 10th, uh, 2018. So, all the weather we're talking about and hurricane and that sort of stuff. If you feel froggy and for some reason you're listening to this years later, then uh, that gives you a frame of reference to look it up. <clears throat> but just so you all know, we do have some social media presence. Hey, Brad, what's our Facebook social media presence? If you look us up at Four Corners Podcast, that is the number four with corners as a single word. Um, give us a like. You can comment on our posts. Uh, we post the episodes up there. But yeah, give us give us some likes. You can comment, and we'll probably comment back. Excellent. And then, uh, Matt, we have a Twitter presence too, don't we? We do. We're not just on Facebook. We're on uh, other forms of social media. That uh, Our Twitter presence, uh, we are at Podcast Four Corners. That's the capital P, the number four. Podcast Four Corners. Please uh, give us a follow. Cock. Comment on our posts, interact with us. We would love to uh, hear from you. We'd love to interact with you. Love to converse with you about all things wrestling. Absolutely. And then there's a there's an email as well, right, Brad? Yep, that is pitpodcast25 at gmail.com. And you know, whenever we post new things, we usually 
make it a point to either hashtag or directly tag someone specific, don't we, Matt? That's right. That would be Epico Cologne, uh, <laughs> who has returned to action, as we all know, um, on the SmackDown brand. Uh, and I'm sure uh, Epico would want everyone who's in the path of the hurricane to uh, be safe. Good man. Good man. Sir, I swear that's got to pay off. I just. <laughs> it's going to pay off in him. I, I, I need him to retweet something. It's going to. It's going to pay off with him acknowledging us and it not being funny anymore. <laughs> well, we'll 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 try and ride the joke a little bit further to make it funny, but we'll see if it pays off. Um, this past Thursday, though, we had our topic for tonight be posted up. <clears throat> it was the first episode of the 2018 May young classic uh, lots of I don't want to say new faces because there are some faces that if you've been watching the women's independent scene you'll see that um, there's some familiar names in there and then there are some folks that at least I flat don't know but we got the first episode so we're going to run that down tonight um, we all three watched the matches and we're going to see what we come up with, right, guys? Yep. Yeah, okay. indeed. The first thing oh. I want to say about this, though, is I'm really tired of this WWE. Hey, we're going to do a three-minute, three minutes worth of video packages for a five-minute match. I was, uh, in trying to watch this, I needed to get it moved along in enough time with other stuff I have going on this week, so I was skipping the video packages and i think i might have cut the time of the episode in between somewhere between a half and two thirds my thing is like i'm looking at the match times nothing went longer than seven minutes and 41 seconds why not just do like a 10 like do longer matches use the announcers to like get the characters over and then interview the winner instead of gobbling up so much time with video packages well, I, I I get that argument, but I, I really feel for some of these matches, they were smart in keeping them pretty oh, yeah. short. Yeah. yeah. I've got to say, you brought up the announcers, um, which was Michael Cole, Renee Young, and Beth Phoenix. I thought they did a pretty good job of doing this. As a matter of fact, I thought Renee Young and Beth Phoenix did a better job than Michael Cole did. I, I was actually going to say, I thought, he, I thought Michael Cole and Renee Young had really good chemistry, and when you don't have... Um, Vince screaming in Cole's ear. He's actually a good announcer. Yeah, he's all right. He wasn't bad. I when I saw that he was the one commenting on this, I kind of groaned a little. I'm like, oh boy, how is this going to go? But uh, I thought he did pretty well. I guess my big problem with this, um, I did think Renee Young was good, but to me, and I, this might just be my ear, she she and Beth Phoenix sound a little too much alike. So that sometimes oh, I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure who was talking. That is a fair point. But um, it um listening to Renee Young and Michael Cole made me really happy when right after that I read that they were gonna have Renee Young start announcing on Raw. Oh yeah, that, I thought that is really nice. So Well she she's certainly better than Jonathan Coachman. And that's not taking anything away from Renee Young, who I actually do think yeah. has some talent. I'm just I'm just yeah. glad they didn't put 
Corey Graves on commentary because he's absolutely terrible on women's matches. Uh, Corey has a character that he's also cultivating as part of his announcing, and it just doesn't really work for this, you know. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> um, overall, I thought the announcing was good stuff, and uh, Beth and Renee, I thought, did a lot to tell us more and get us invested more in the folks that we saw, in the women we saw working matches. Cole was pretty much just trying to do straight play-by-play, even though every now and then he had kind of some cringy lines. But It was was refreshing to be watching a WWE product and for it to actually be about wrestling and like putting over that winning the matches were important and not talking endlessly about this or that that have nothing to do with the actual match. Kind of like not having the uh, late 90s WCW commentary where the match is going on and yet they're talking about Hogan in the main event for the night. Yeah. Yeah, they're talking about they're talking about the NWO. Yeah. Some variation thereof. But So the first match that we had uh, in this episode, uh, if I have this correct, was uh, Zatara... Not related to Zatanna, even though the name is similar to the comic book character Zatanna's father's name. But Zatara from Santiago, Chile, taking on Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox uh, coming from South Wales in the United Kingdom, full of places that have entirely too many consonants and vowels that are just spread around like getting black olives at Subway. Sparse and hard to come by. Um, this was a pretty good match, I thought. But the piece that I came away with is it just—it just didn't seem like their styles meshed. What do you guys think? Yeah, I didn't think there was a good styles uh, match up here. I actually didn't. I thought the match was okay. I didn't really care for it. Honestly, this might have been my least favorite of the four matches. Um, maybe because of that. One thing I thought was kind of weird is that Michael Cole kept or had been in over 200 matches in her career, but then he kept talking about how she's been she's like a 10 year veteran. Which if you do that in math, that's like, like that's not a lot. That's not a lot yeah. of matches uh, over the course of her career. That's like a, maybe slightly over 200. Uh, uh, sorry, maybe slightly over twenty matches a year. If she's over two hundred in a ten-year career, like that's, I don't know. It, it, I thought it moved a little slow. Um, you could see that they're really trying to push uh, Tegan or Tegan, however you pronounce her name. Um, that she's definitely like a prospect, and that was kind of like a criticism I have overall with the four matches of this uh, first episode because you could see who they're favoring. Not just oh, yeah. who goes over, but who like they clearly gave time to and hyped up on commentary, which is like I, I get you're trying to get those people over, but um, sometimes I felt that it hurt, it detracted from the match. Because, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I thought this was okay, but it, it didn't wow me. It didn't. I wasn't overly thrilled. I thought it was. I thought it was a well executed match. Like they didn't do anything flashy, but I thought what they did do, they they had a nice crisp execution to it. Um, it was a nice. You know when you go to like any kind of show and they kind of bring out the lesser knowns and they work that kind of simple, 
quick match that's not like amazing, but you know, kind of gets you warmed up. I thought they pulled that off fairly well. I always called that kind of match a uh, rice and beans match. It's basic. It's got all the pieces to it. You can do it well, but you're not trying to be fancy with it. I actually, I know they're pushing Tegan, but I actually liked Zatara a lot better than her. It was one of those, uh, Tegan's, you know, Tegan kind of, I agree with Matt. They were pretty clear on who they were pushing in terms of who they were favoring on commentary. Um, Zatara, I thought she did, she did good. I liked how she was working Tegan's leg over the course. Tegan, Tegan, I'm going to go back and forth. I'll apologize on that because I can't remember which one it is. But I like the the leg work that she did. Um, the other side to it, though, is it kind of seemed like her crowd work was, I don't know if it was a cultural disconnect or if that's not her strong point or what. But that, that did seem to be um, kind of a gap. What country was she from? Chile. 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 Yeah. Chile. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's hard to say. <clears throat> but we get to the end of the match, and Tegan hits her, apparently her signature shining wizard for the win. Um. I know. I guess what they were doing is working the right leg because that's the one that the brace is on. Um. It's it, just like it bothered me when Edge did it many, many moons ago. Uh, she hit the Shining Wizard with the injured being worked on leg. Uh, I think it was against Eddie many moons ago. Edge speared Eddie with the shoulder that Eddie had been working on. And so that that's always something that just bugs me a little bit. But on the other hand... I completely understand forgetting in the in the heat of the moment and going for it, but it can work. It can work um, if you do it right. Like I've seen matches where like a guy messes his hand up and he still goes for the move, and he's all. But then he's like, "Oh my god, why did I do that?" Or like, yeah, um, I... or Shy Town Rumble where Barry busts his hand up and he tries to use it for the claw on Luger and he can't do it right. Stuff like that can be good. I have done yeah. that. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I don't. Yeah, that's true. But that didn't really happen in the match. So that's true. Uh, I did that myself once. Had a guy working my leg, and I used to do the 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 fly the second rope chop. And whenever I hit, I like landed the chop, and then I immediately like crumpled over and grabbed my leg and started shouting about it. Um, I was trying to keep the story of the match going, but. Eh. Anyway, decent match. Knox um, advances. Uh, the next match we had up was Rhea Ripley versus MJ Jenkins. Uh, Ripley was a return from last year's May Young Classic. And uh, MJ Jenkins kind of has this... Um, well, who was it she was trained by? They were talking that up. Uh, let me look. Uh, was she... Oh, oh yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, MJ Jenkins, she has... It feels like that she's got all the pieces, but she doesn't have them put together right yet. At least to me. What do you guys think? Wait, who? who? 
MJ Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah, I I I kind of liked her. I thought she um I thought she had a little bit of um presence there. Um you could see that she was she was trying hard. There was a couple spots where I thought she actually she she you could see that she knew where she was doing. She was in like the right place to uh, take the impact of a move or what have you. Um, I guess she's worked. Uh, I think she's worked for Shine, which is um, I believe isn't Shine associated with Shimmer. No, it was at some point. Oh, it's, it's not. In that, it's in that. Um, it's in that whole whatever evolve family of stuff. I don't. World so it's connected with them. Wrestling Network or whatever. Whatever they call their thing. Mm, yeah. Um, and I think she, she, I think she did some, some work for, uh, for impact too. Although I don't know exactly when, I think um, she wrestled but, like Rosemary once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think she, she's probably young. I don't know how old she is, but I, I imagine that she's, she's done it just long enough to, to get some sort of, uh, chops in it. But, um, she obviously has some work, but I thought she was in, I thought she didn't do too bad of a job. Um, is she another one of the ones who's, um, been signed to NXT because that's like I think that's like most of the women (laughs) in this tournament are people who in some fashion are either already in the WWE or they've been signed to developmental contracts Um, one thing that MJ did that made me very clearly cringe in the course of this is that hold uh, on is that the first appearance on the podcast tonight of uh of the mighty Schmitz. yeah yeah <laughs> that's the she's uh she's a talky one she she wanted to come by and tell me i don't know if it's if it's plans for something she saw that she wants to kill or what but uh yeah she came by to tell me about it uh the we really need to start a drinking game and that's obviously <laughs> Meowser be... Schmidt's first appearance is when you'll take a shot <laughs> i really wanted to i really want to I, I would need to take like a couple days off work and I might die in the process, but I kind of want to like live cast the evolution pay-per-view and take a shot every time they say historic, but I'm pretty sure I'd be dead by the first hour. Wow. I'd be more than willing to live cast uh, one of these pay-per-views uh, with alcohol involved because that would be hilarious. I we might die, absolutely yes. have my share of <coughs> root beer in it because drinking alcohol might kill me i should so if we do that i have to get my wife on mike because she is much more mean about this stuff than i am (laughs) okay so the thing in the course of this match that made me cringe was there was a spot where uh, rhea ripley was taking mj over for a vertical suplex jenkins dropped her feet faster than the rest of her and therefore, instead of taking the rest of the bump on her back, she took it directly on her tailbone. And I was just mm. squirming watching this happen. Um, Ripley, she's got presence. Um, I understand why they brought her back. And even if she's only, what, 22, she's definitely got some presence going on. I thought her... So, I thought they were both confident workers, but I thought they they just did not work well together at all. Another case of that style not mixing. Yeah, and they went too long, I thought. I didn't I thought Ripley had good presence, but I didn't think she's a particularly good worker. And um Jenkins seemed really green. 
Yeah, the beginning of the match, like MJ's doing her stuff and Ripley takes over and it seemed like that Jenkins wasn't selling very well early on for Ripley to take over. And that kind of put me off a little bit. It's another one of those styles not meshing thing going on. So um, It also seemed yeah. like this should have been a squash and they went long and um, I don't know. It just it was weird. I didn't particularly like this match. It was a it was almost like a semi glorified squash. Like Ripley had control most of the match. Yeah. I thought it was in, yeah. I thought it was interesting they ke- they kept going back to the um Rhea Charlotte comparisons. Like they made a I didn't necessarily draw that uh distinction between the two, but they they made a point to like really hammer home. They people are comparing her to Charlotte. It's like are they or is that are, just are you, something you want me to yeah to to are you put guys in my sure mind? About that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're both kind of tall and blonde, yes. That's that's a starting point. And even more than the Tegan match, you could really tell that. I mean, because I don't even think they talked about MJ Jenkins that much during the match. It was all about Ripley. Yeah. Yeah. It was another one of those. This is who we're getting behind. And then talking up the Charlotte comparisons. It's like, okay, guys, come on. Yeah. Really? This was another one of those where it's like you can clearly see they have plans for Ripley um, Mm -hmm. down down the line and want to do stuff with her. And I, I think... She's look. She's young, and she's kind of. She's still very green, but I I can see where they can probably do some stuff with her down the road. I, I think she definitely has like the capacity to improve. She's got she's got to get better in the ring, by a lot. I think. Yeah. But we'll see. She might have some better matches as the as the turn as the tournament progresses because it's it is hard to judge someone based on one match. Yeah. With the restricted time limit, yeah, as well that might that might be playing into it. Um, so, you know, it wasn't it wasn't offensively bad or anything. No. It, was, it was just it was all right. It and was, as I've said before, all rights all rights fine. It's it's one of those matches where you're just like halfway through it and you're just like meh, and then it's over and you're like I probably should have taken notes to remember this match because it was forgettable. I mean, it, there was one. There was one. Um, I don't think people do this enough. Uh, Rhea put Jenkins in a the abdominal stretch, and then was started like punching her in the ribs, and even did like a claw to the ribs. And I actually really appreciated that because I don't feel I don't like that's such an old school spot to do the abdominal stretch and then like work like work the ribs over. I like when people do like the tip of their elbow right in their ribs while they're doing it. Yeah, something like that. But, or, I love that. It's like it's it's such a like an old school and simple spot, but it really kind of drives home that the the person's just like a dick and really trying to so, to, to punish the, the opponent. Go ahead. Needs, it's been long enough. Someone needs to rip off the Scott Hall spot in the ad- abdominal stretch. Now, yeah, you're right. They they could bring that back. Just to be specific, which uh, which Scott Hall spot are you referring to? When he puts someone in the abdominal stretch, and then he starts grabbing the rope, and then he stops when the ref looks, and then the ref oh, goes back to check him, and he grabs the ropes again. Yeah, that's just cla- that's classic heel abdominal stretch stuff. I think Scott Hall just did it more than most people, but um, 
hell, I did that spot. I was the guy reaching in the ring to grab, but yeah, it's the I think doing the abdominal stretch is for some people feels really awkward, at least in my experience. Okay. You know what uh hey Shad, you know which spot they need to bring back? Uh oh, which one? The heart punch. <laughs> oh god. Well, then you can you can take it home. Yeah, that's that's the thing. (laughs) You can heart punch, take it home. Um, We always we'd always suggest that just heart punch, take it home. The next match on the card was a match between Lacey Lane and Vanessa the Mountain Craven. This was, and as Michael Cole even said, to use the cliche, very much David and Goliath match. Uh, Lacey Lane has a very unique look, and she was working in front of basically a hometown crowd, which, you know, the the crowd was really invested in this, which was fun. Uh, Vanessa Craven stands six foot two and weighs more than 200 pounds, and she doesn't look overweight at all or anything. You know, she's she's good size. Uh, You know, they had themselves a big woman little woman match and you know it, it went pretty well i thought what do you think Vanessa Craven looked gigantic compared to Lacey Lane and is that because Lacey Lane's like 5 foot tall I think Craven's very good at projecting her size too mm. you'll notice i think they said somewhere in the course of it that Craven looked to Kane as one of her was it Craven that looked to Kane as one of her inspirations, or was that somebody else? I can't remember. I think it was her. The way that she walks, she has a lot of some of the the big man characteristics where she keeps her shoulders out, and when she walks, she has her elbows kind of crooked out, and her hands are... She doesn't, like, ball them in the fist. She keeps her hands open. So a lot of the mannerisms she has are to make her just look bigger. And it works. It, re- it really, um, especially like last year with Piper Niven and this year with her, it kind of doubles my frustration with them using Nia Jax because they're better um, big workers out there than Nia. I'm actually very glad you said that because that was a note that I wrote down as I was watching this. It's like, why don't they just hire Vanessa Craven and uh, slide her right into that Nia Jax role? Because she's, uh, even in this like, five six minute match she's far better worker and i also like with um craven i like her horned hoodie oh yeah i'm actually a little upset that they went with um lacy lane here i thought craven came off much better I think on all levels she was better, uh, better worker. But this is another one of those where it just seemed really glaring that they're trying. This they have a they have a, a woman, a prospect that they want to push, and Lacey Lane, and so that's that's who went over. Oh, they even admitted that Lacey Lane had recently signed a yeah. NXT contract. I just um, yeah, Lane's, Lane having the you know she's got a great look. It's very different, but with her hair as long as it is. It seems like it's so long, it's kind of a detriment to everything else going on in the match. I don't know if it seemed like that to you guys or not. 
She she has a unique look, but honestly, and no offense to her, it just seemed like this. We're looking at a palette swap of uh, Ember Moon, in a way. Like she has kind of like the same look, where it's like unique colored hair and uh, colored contacts. I don't know. Lacey very much looks like kind of the plucky underdog thing. She's yeah. like a Rey Mysterio type thing in the course of this match and i didn't really she didn't really have a lot of personality to me either she just seems very very green yeah because i think that's fair because vanessa craven even in her video vanessa craven was much more interesting Mm -hmm. craven in the i think vanessa craven if she was given a longer time to work and somebody else to work with because it seems would try and hit Lacey Lane who dodged and so it was like big looping punches or big stomps on the mat or something like that that kind of took me out of it a little bit. I think that with someone better to work with and with a little bit more time I could I could definitely um, see more more talent going. This seemed a lot to me that they put someone uh, experienced like Vanessa Craven in there with Lacey Lane and to have a, a better match than she probably would have otherwise had. Yeah, it seemed like this was meant to protect Lane. Hmm. I was gonna. So, say, I was gonna say with the long hair though. Uh, Bianca Belair works with long hair, and she actually uses her hair in a spot, and it doesn't seem to hamper her. Okay. Um. That's that's a good point. Maybe that's something that'll come up later. Uh, also, Lacey Lane's finish. The the crucifix bomb. I don't know. I'm not feeling that myself. Like I get the concept they're going for. The idea of it's something that she can apply very quickly and use to take anybody down. But I don't know. I'm just at the moment. I'm not buying what they're selling on that. What about you guys? What do you think? I was trying to think of other people who have used a crucifix bomb before while you're saying that. Well, and it's it's like in so many cases a cru. If you say crucifix bomb to me, then what I think is is you know like power bomb, as opposed to this literally being a crucifix where you hook it on and then you roll it back to quote unquote bomb them into a pin. Oh yeah, because the yeah, crucifix it- bomb is actually just um, the. Re- the- <clears throat> outsider's edge yeah yeah so i was i was kind of like what do you think matt yeah it it just seems almost too contrived of a spot to kind of do repeatedly so well hopefully we'll we'll get to see vanessa craven do a little bit more um at first, I, I wasn't really buying it, but especially with you know looking at it again and us talking about it, I, I could see more out of it. I just I think she'd need a better platform to show her stuff off. She wrestles okay. for Shimmer and Shine, so if um, if anyone listening actually wants to see her wrestle more, she teamed with uh, Tessa Blanchard for a long time in Shimmer. Shimmer and Shine as the main women's promotions. That just... It, it makes... 
it makes me think of South Park and wonder if there's going to be a third promotion called Sparkle for the women, too. That's think, not fair. I think there but. was a Sparkle promotion at some point. Oh, my God. The problem with Shimmer, the problem with Shimmer though, is um, Shimmer's, like, ridiculously far behind on their DVDs, like, two, two and a half years behind on DVDs, so there's no point in following it. Oh, wow. Yikes, that's, that's rough. Okay, and then going into the... Uh, the fourth match that they had on this, because this was this was an hour show, and they're working fourth. <coughs> excuse me, four matches in on this hour show. We had uh, Killer Kelly, who is, I guess the the only woman professional wrestler to come out of Portugal. And incidentally, I was wrong. Killer Kelly is the one that cited Kane as her inspiration. So, jeez. Mm. Oh, I was also, wrong on that. Also, it needs to be said, Killer Kel- Kelly is not related to Aldo Montoya. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's an obscure joke. Oh, man. Um, Killer Kelly versus Mekos. I can't name, I can't name another Portuguese wrestler. Um... Now listen, you're pulling out the specific specific <laughs> terms here. All fancy and stuff. Ooh. I'm looking that up. There has to be. So we had Killer Kelly versus Mako Satamora. Um, if you don't know about Mako, <clears throat> she is not the same Mako that had a co-starring role in the mid-90s cult film Sidekicks or voiced Aku in Samurai Jack. That's a different makeup. Oh, or who was uh, was in Conan the Barbarian. Yes, that's a different Mako. Oh, it's a different Mako. <laughs> I, thought all, I thought this is all the same Mako. <laughs> no, this is a different Mako. Um, but... I do suggest you watch the video package. I know we were kind of kind of looking sideways at the video packages earlier, but her video package gives you a really good background on her, not because it's necessarily produced any better than any of the other women's, but because they have more to work with. Mako being um, known as the final boss in Japan. Uh, and part of the Joshi Strong style and, you know, having an early appearance in WCW. <clears throat> and honestly, I think having the best match on the card this evening. She also uh, is the owner of Sendai Girls, which is a very popular promotion. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get a list of who she's trained. So she pretty much... Um, she pretty much owns Sendai Girls in Japan and um, trains like the main roster. So that's a promotion with like a small main roster, and they bring in a lot of outsiders to wrestle. It's um, it's um, it's probably the most popular, or second most popular promotion in Japan. Like overall, or for Joshi? For Joshi. Okay. I gotta ask. So, um, 
they had this. Like I said, I thought this was. Her her gimmick kind of seems a little ill-defined. It's got this old school name going on. You know, Dick the Bruiser, the Crusher, and Killer Kelly. Those names sound like they could have gone evil or something. But she goes out there and has has this match with Mako, and it's it's good stuff. What do you guys think? Yeah, I thought this was uh, leaps and bounds the the best match of this particular episode. So, um, what has come up the last couple of months about how? things have been getting graded on a curve when it comes to um, women's wrestling in the United States. Um, if you watch this match and uh, this is this, well, if you watched uh, Satamura, you kind of understand where the people talking about women's wrestling getting graded on a curve in the United States come from because she was, I mean, we're talking not even head and shoulders above everyone else on that show, but I mean, she just, she wasn't even this in the it would have been like watching her wrestle versus the other women it was like watching lebron james play a bunch of d-leaguers um in the course of this she pulled some spots that <laughs> oh wow i'm going way back for this she pulled some spots that I thought I was creative for coming up with in the mid nineties on the trampoline in my backyard and then wondering why I had never seen them. The attacks that she did out of cartwheels and handstands, I thought looked really good. The thing is too, she's not, she's not a young woman anymore either. She's still very fluid though. She's 38 and, um, she's been wrestling since 95 that's really impressive. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, wow. That's a, when did she start? When she was like fifteen? Well, they start young in Joshi. Yeah. Let's see, she. Um. Yeah, I thought this was an. Uh, I really enjoyed the match, if no other reason than to watch um, Santa Muro because I thought she was she was tremendous in this, and it, I I did love how everything she did was crisp. It was. Again, I, I don't. I, I thought the overall work for everyone involved was okay. Um, I think they there was definitely some some work that was better than others. But then she she came in and it's you could clearly see like the uh, dividing line between how good she is and how how everyone else kind of was. Um, there, I thought there was like a, a kind of a large disparity <laughs> between the quality of the work, but. Uh, I I did enjoy seeing her. Like I, she won the match, so obviously we're going to see more of her in the tournament. And I am excited about that because I want to see how she gets paired off with some of the other workers. In the course of watching this, um, first of all, I got to give credit to Killer Kelly. She held up her part of the match. Um, it, it would seem that it could be pretty easy to just kind of have this match where you have someone like Mako just go out there and beat the piss out of somebody, but killer Kelly actually held up her part of it. So props to her for that. Um, yeah, I thought she, uh, I thought she did a pretty good job. She, I didn't think she was just, she didn't look, she didn't embarrass herself. I thought she looked pretty decent out there. 
Sure. And then I'll admit towards the end of the match, I thought that the STF that, that Mako locked in was going to be the end of it. Now they didn't call it the STF because I don't know. I guess we still got to protect John Cena or something, but that was a wicked looking STF. And I thought that was going to be the end of the match. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, but it looked, it looked pretty vicious. Um, Mako finished this match with a Death Valley driver with some sauce on it. It looked really good. Mm -hmm. So, hey, we're going to get to see more, and hopefully we'll get get to see a little more time for them to work. That'd be um, really interesting, I think. I just uh, want to point something out for Brad. Uh, Satomuro is a former King of Trios champion. Yeah, she... she because they did the Sendai Girls versus, um, I think, JWB yeah. a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. She's currently the DDT Open Weight Champion. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Not the, not the Iron Man heavy metal belt, either. <laughs> Which is funny to, funny to note, you can actually, for like $8 a month, you can subscribe to the DDT streaming service. Wait, eight dollars a month? Yeah, that's cheaper than nine ninety nine a month, isn't it? And you get like all the DDT side promotions. All the side promotions too for just eight dollars a month. That's a dollar ninety nine less than nine ninety nine a month. It is. Well, actually, <laughs> did we find? Did we? Did we? Did they hire us as a sponsor? <laughs> I'm just having some fun because. God, the way they pimp the network just grates yeah. on my nerves sometimes. Well, the, the Japanese promotions... Nine, nine, nine. Um, Matt will attest to this. The Japanese promotions actually... It's not a consistent price per month because you pay in yen. So depending on the conversion rate, your your what you pay per month mm-hmm. can go up about... The, yeah, depending oh. on the exchange rate, yeah. It can be about a 90 cent difference every month. So some months like... New Japan might be $9. It might be nine fifty the next month. It might be like... Eight ninety five. The next month, it just bounces all over the place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, <clears throat> let's see. That was it. Was a pretty good uh, set of wrestling to watch. You know, about an hour long. Get an idea of some folks that we're going to see later on in the tournament. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing what uh, what happens in the next few episodes after we go through the the first round on stuff. Uh, we got some folks we're keeping our eye on and we're really curious about how it's going to turn out. Yeah. I'm very excited to see, um, you, Io Shirai, um, my personal favorite Hiroyo Matsumoto and, um, Mia Yim also Nicole Matthews. And, um, there's one other person I was excited about. Oh, Diona Perrazzo. Yeah. I think we're, I think we're looking forward to seeing a lot of that. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of buzz about Io uh, Shirai coming in, so I'm not familiar with her. I'm looking forward to seeing what you know uh, what'll happen. Um, we might we might even go so far as to say that uh, I, you guys will have to tell me. We might say that um, the Four Corners podcast. Uh, women's wrestler that we endorse or that we're the biggest fan of might be Nicole Matthews. 
Uh, I don't Indeed. know. Yep. Okay. And then... Although, uh, I will say, uh, can I add for Brad? Um, yeah. I would really have marked uh, hard if uh, instead of Hiroya Matsumoto, it was Dump Matsumoto. <laughs> no one's ready for that. <laughs> no one is ready for that. For I those who don't know... Ready I, for that. For those of you who don't know who Dump Matsumoto is, uh, just Google her. Um, Be afraid. And look up, look up, yeah, look up some of her matches on YouTube. And, I'm sure they're um, they're out there. You want to go for? Uh, oh crap! What's her last name? Devil Matsume. After that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very scary ladies. I think Devil's a little scarier than Dump is. <laughs> wow. They were. Okay. They were kind of. They were kind of, I don't know how much it crossed over, but when the Crush Gals were very big, um, Devil and Dump were kind of two of their opponents. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good hour of wrestling. Um, I would really encourage you to watch it because it's kind of nice to see what uh, what's going on and what we have to potentially look forward to in the future. So. Uh, guys, was there anything else we wanted to add for this episode? If if you haven't watched, uh, it, oh, if you haven't watched it yet, I would say let it build up to four or five episodes because I think this will be a better binge watch than a weekly watch. Mm. Uh, I have something. I I'm going to propose something. You want to? Do you guys want to do a quick rundown of uh, Hell in the Cell 2018? Since that's. Uh, uh, well, let's let's pull the card real quick, and we'll give it a real quick rundown. So last I saw, uh, they weren't doing Joe and Styles in the cell. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, it looks like there's only two cell matches. Um, Reigns versus Strowman for the Universal Championship. Uh, I guess apparently they've added Mick Foley as a special guest referee. I don't know why. Uh, and then... Got to give uh, Reigns that rub when he wins. I don't know. I, I imagine it's... I, well, I say I don't know why, but I'm imagining it's just going to be some sort of like schmaz where it, he winds up costing... like Stro- It's a, probably a way to have Strowman lose and still be semi-strong. Ew, we're doing Ronda Rousey and Alexa Bliss again? Why? Yeah, uh, well, what else, is, what else are they going to do? But she destroyed her, though. There's no reason to have a rematch. There's not a good reason to do this match again when, when Ronda, Ronda was the Lawler to Bliss's Kaufman and just it was a no contest kind of thing. Why is, which is what yeah. it should have been. Why is um? That's exactly what it should. Why is Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton the other Hell in the Cell? That's the other Hell in the Cell. I I don't know other than it. They just must be presuming that Jeff Hardy is going to continue to try and kill himself. By jumping off a very, very large height. Onto, onto a very uh, unforgiving thing. Yes. And then Randy Orton can look bored. This uh, this card is not doing much for me on paper. But do we want to just uh, go match by match here? Yeah, I've got yeah, the Wikipedia pulled up. Uh, yeah. The first thing on the card is Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus the Miz and Maurice. Yeah, so we have Total Bellas versus Mr. and Mrs. Um, you know, I didn't think about it that way, but you're right. It's both of these um, couples essentially have TV shows on I'm other little, networks. I'm a little ashamed of myself for pointing it out, to be honest with you. 
You know what? I should have noted that because so my wife doesn't care that much for wrestling. I mean, she'll again, I've mentioned before, like she'll go watch it with me, but she does watch these like uh, side shows. Like she's watched Total Bellas. She actually watched, uh, I think, the entire short. misses uh and actually enjoy them so <laughs> I, uh, I don't know i've not seen set the the most i've seen of these shows is when they showed a preview for it on SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and it looked like the most terribly scripted reality show i've ever seen it is a wwe reality show i mean that's kind of a given i i can at least see more potential enjoyment coming out of a quote-unquote reality show about Miz and Maurice because it's a married couple and they're they're doing stuff with their kids and they're trying to manage their career and to me that it just sounds much more pleasant to watch than catty remarks back and forth volume 12 you know the 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 Bellas coming back has really just ruined the women's division and in record time. I don't know that well, it's fully ruined because it's it's like Bree is rolling in. Bree is rolling in with this this feud, which makes sense, right? The counterbalance to Maurice. Nikki's going to be the sacrificial lamb at Evolution. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but she's essentially on both shows, though. Yeah. And she had that awful, like, double-blown spot that was just embarrassing. I mean, the first one wasn't her fault, but the second one was just embarrassing. I could see the... Yeah, because the first one... Um, who was it that was supposed to hit her? Was it Ruby Riot? No, it was one of... It was the... It was... Oh, crap. Sarah Logan. Or okay, Whatever. so Logan was laid on the spot, and unfortunately, it's one of those spots that you can't. It, it's impossible to cover if yeah. you're laid on. I think she was supposed to and, dive through the ropes, and and um, Logan was supposed to hit her like right as she was coming through the ropes, and I think uh, yeah, I think Logan missed her cue. So she was. It was Bree did that did her part correct. It just looks bad because. Without Logan doing her part, it looks like Bree screwed up. Yeah. <clears throat> the the second dive, though, I could see that being, I don't know, maybe. I mean, the second dive, she just whiffed on. Walter for it, because I was never one that was going to do a suicide. I was. Then again, those die. Everybody doing them right now, they don't need to, but they are. And so you're going to get some of them that don't work. And I'm terrified that we're going to go back to Big E trying to kill himself on a monthly basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I do have a qu- okay. I do have a question before for you once once we get past this topic before we leave for the episode. Okay, we'll put a pin in it. Okay. Um, the Joe and Styles. You know, this has still been. This is this is a feud that's got, you know blood in it and it's you know that sort of stuff and it should have been looking, in a cell I, i'm torn about been... that i'm torn about that because i think you're right but it's also this is only like the second match in the feud so i feel like I, that sh- should have been the blow off but i agree with matt on it um not having it be in the cell at this point 
in the point in the feud makes sense, but to have this match on Hell in a Cell and not be in a cell is also conflicting. So I'm curious what the blow-off will be. I think the- it's got to be something, like, vicious, but I don't know what it will be. This will be... A- I If I watch one match on this show, it'll be this match. No, it'll be good. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if that this isn't again the best match on the card. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have a feeling they're gonna like drag this out until uh, Survivor Series, which I guess is possible, but that's kind of like four months of it, so I don't, I don't know. I would be cool if they did like uh, if they kind of did some screw jobs, did Team Styles or Team Joe, and then like did a proper blow off in December at the Rumble. I could see that. That would be that would be interesting. Um, I could also see. I could be intrigued by having a match end, um, like the first match ends when AJ just came unglued, right? I could see the second match end when Joe gets a hold of AJ and doesn't let up on it, and so he doesn't win, but he's kind of proved his point. If you want to continue it on beyond beyond the third thing, at the third one, I could see it be – you remember what they did with at the end of the best of seven with Sheamus and Cesaro. Like those guys would not quit fighting. And so the match ended without a winner because they just kept wailing on each other. They should do, uh, they should do the Bob Backlund, Bret Hart title change end where AJ's wife throws the towel in. Oh wow! That. that would be a that would be unique. It would be that something would, they haven't done in a long time. That would be very different. Changes the belt around. You can keep doing the feud. It it makes sense with what they've been doing. Yeah, and well, and it gives Joe more fodder to work with because where Wendy is doing it because she can't stand to see AJ be hurt more in that way. Joe's going to be like. Yeah, Wendy. Wendy's the one that gave this to me, right? That's got a lot of potential. I'm calling it now. If that happens, we should be getting some royalties. And, uh, and then we can get our video cameras. Joe can, Joe can say that's the tallies going out to the ring with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that Actually, I would like that. That'd be really good. They'll never. Uh, if they do that, I will give them credit but because that would actually be interesting, but I don't think they'll be that creative. Like I said, we should get royalties so we can have our video cameras. Is the SmackDown tag titles the New Day versus TBD? Have they the exciting new tag team TBD? <laughs> I know the the. Uh, have they just? Dis- it's it's sadly it's uh, composed of. Uh, of uh, Tegan Knox uh, and Bo Dallas, that's what that stands for. Is is Tegan and Bo Dallas because they're going to do an injury angle with Kurt Axel, Curtis Axel. That's I'm making this up as I go. Do you know it's, who's it's, wrestling tonight to determine this? Or I don't have any idea. Yeah, uh, it's really a so, shame um, they, Rowan got hurt because I was really looking forward to more matches. Oh, that that match was so much fun, and in their follow up match, the one they had the next night, uh, that Rowan worked through hurt. 
Oh man, that's a shame. Is there like a is there a timetable on him coming back? He tore he tore something, didn't he? I think he tore his bicep. Yeah, he. Yeah, that's like six months, I think. Yeah. So, hey, well, we wish him the best on his recovery, and uh, we wish Luke Harper the best in his absence. Hopefully, Harper will get to do some cool stuff. You know what's a, uh, you know what's an underrated icy title run is like that two months where Harper had the belt. That Harper Ziggler feud resulted in one of the most visceral ladder matches I can remember. Like, because there were times in that when I'm looking at it, I'm like, I was sure that one of those guys had broken something. Themselves. Not not the ladders, necessarily, but, like, broken something in themselves. Harper's really gotten hurt by the Wyatt family. Um, they can't... Like, they're... They're bungling of that, because he could really work as a singles on his own. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah. I, uh, I even... <laughs> This is what kind of mark I am. In my rotating wallpapers, I found some concept art somebody did of the Wyatt family holding different titles. So it's, you know, it was, it's, it's drawn, but it's like Bray holding one and Strowman holding another and Harper holding another and Rowan holding another. And they put Leo Kruger in as well and added him onto that. So there's just a lot of potential there that never, ever happened. Next match on the card, is, well, at least in the list I have. I'm going to skip on down because we'll save that one for last. Um, we kind of talked about Ronda and Alexa again for some reason. Yeah. Hey, just as a side note, because it popped in my head for Luke Harper, Harper did you see the? Um, did you see Baron Corbin got his official termination letter from TGI Fridays? <laughs> what? Because they made that joke about him, so the um, the TGI Fridays social media team sent him a letter with a gift card. It says, um, Dear Baron, it's the end of days for you and your vest working here at TGI Fridays, but it sounds like you've landed on your feet in a new role as an acting general manager, and we have to say that's quite impressive. Congratulations. As promised, we've provided your severance package of chicken wings in the form of a gift card. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when social media teams can have some fun with it and not be lame. Yeah. So I I guess we're up to TGI Fridays and Wendy's at this point. <laughs> um DiGiorno's is pretty funny where they just like randomly tweet at celebrities about pizza. Okay. Well, and I gotta give Arby's credit too, because in the lead up to SummerSlam a couple of years ago. They like used napkins and, and their fry boxes to make a ring. And then they made, I swear, they made a little Wyatt lantern and had it smoking. And they said, SummerSlam, we're here, signed Arby's. Wow. I know, right? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> we talked about this next one, too. Hardy versus Orton. Um, I fully expect Jeff Hardy to lose and or die. And Randy Orton to look kind of bored. Yeah. It seems like a weird payoff to Randy Orton screwing with Jeff Hardy randomly. 
I don't know. I guess they figure it's hell in a cell. We got to have more than one one person using the stipulation. I don't understand why they picked this one. I don't get it. Yeah. Honestly, I think it would have gone better for the next one on my list, Charlotte versus Becky. With the amount of heat that feud has, I thought that would have been pretty good stuff. I expect this to be another fuck you to the fans. <sighs> yeah, probably. Although the fan reaction was so did drop the we're making Becky Lynch into a heel and instead went with the there's not a face or a heel in this. There's both sides having valid points. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I, as if they should have been shocked by that response. I feel like that was Vince or Triple H being like, look, guys, like this is stupid. Like, do it right. But I don't feel like I don't feel like they're actually gonna put the belt on Becky at any point in this. I feel like she's just gonna get chumped again. I agree, I, and I really hate to say that because I really would like to see her with it. And I think yeah. I think they want to keep Charlotte strong for WrestleMania to wrestle Ronda, so she's not gonna lose the belt. Yeah, but see, I don't think she needs the belt per se, at least right now, to keep her strong. Yeah, but you know how they they think though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I I can't I can't argue with that. We've talked that to death too. Yeah. Um. Next up on the list is Raw Tag Titles: Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre versus Ambrose and Rollins. When did they win the tag titles? I. Did... It was on Raw a week or two ago. They beat the B team. Yes. Uh, yeah, kind of random. Pretty sure that's right. Yeah, not like the the B team's ongoing feud with the revival could have used a, a definitive, whatever. But oh wow, they did that in Columbus. Oh well, I I had no interest in going because sitting through TV is a chore. <laughs> I've never been to a TV taping or a pay per view. Um, you sit a lot at TV, a lot. The thing that I the the only really real regret I have out of not going to one of those is the fact that I wouldn't get to see an Undertaker entrance live. Yeah, those that's are cool. that's the one. That's the one you know, I'd miss out on. You know what the absolute most ridiculous thing that ever happened to me is is if you go to if you went to SmackDown back in the days when they taped it, you had to sit there for what the length of the commercial break would be. Why? And they were taping it. I don't know. It was just bizarre. That seems odd. Choice. Well, the problem. All right. The problem with TV though is, is so you like Raw. You go. They tape main event for an hour, and then you have like three hours of Raw to sit through, and then they usually do something afterwards so for another twenty minutes. So you're there for like four and a half hours, and that's just too long. Uh, that's where they got the mania idea from, I guess. Um, and then, well, I don't know what's going to come out of this match. I don't. Ziggler and McIntyre versus Ambrose and Rollins, because we're in this weird, like, Shield pseudo revival mode. And yet, is it is it the like if Ziggler and McIntyre are going in as the tag champs? Would it? Are they already going to drop it in like what two or three weeks? It seems kind of fast to pull the trigger on. It feels like this Rollins-Ziggler feud has been going on forever. Yeah, and it, with seemingly no end in sight. No. 
Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I feel I, I really actually do feel bad for the B team because it seems like they lost the titles to uh, Ziggler and McIntyre for no other reason than they just wanted them to feud with uh, the Shield yeah. with some sort of additional prop involved, which it was completely unnecessary. But there you go. Uh, I think you're right about that. And then the the last match on the card is Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman in the cell with Mick Foley as a special guest referee as Braun Strowman's Money in the Bank cash-in. Let's be honest for a second. We, we know what the outcome on this is going to be. Yeah, I'm not that interested in this match because, I don't know, Roman's really regressed as a worker this year, and... Um, They've kind of, they've kind of, um, I think bronze moment is starting to pass and they're never going to like grab that moment with him. Well, the last time that Roman and Strowman had a match, Strowman won and yet Roman still tried to kill him. So, I don't have any idea what's going to happen now. I'm going to imagine that um, they go through the cage somehow. And uh, Oh, I figure that's that's a given at this point. They really should have put Kevin Owens in here somewhere so he could get murdered. <laughs> I feel bad for Owens. He spent so long... Basically throwing himself at, you know, uncomfortable landings to advance the 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 power of Braun Strowman only for it to be fed to could we, Roman. Could like um could Roman like borrow a Singh brother for the night just so Braun could do something horrible to him? <laughs> that, just randomly nice. have a Singh out there, yeah. Just have him sitting in the front row eating popcorn and then <laughs> Like and then he's Ron murdered. rips through yeah. the side of the the cell, looking to go at Roman, and he stops and he's just standing there looking at the Singh brother. And the Singh brother looks up at him and like drops the popcorn he has in his hand, and Braun goes, "Come." They need to bring uh, they need to bring bring great. Khali- I'd pop for that. They need to bring great Kali back just so Braun can like power slam him for the visual. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I'd even, I'd even do that, but. Well, I mean, Kali's back is trash, so it'd be a bad idea, but. Yeah, yeah. Kali's willing to do it. Is he really? I mean, he let Cena put him through a table when he shouldn't be bumping at all. Well. So this is. I can't speak. This is a particularly lazy card. Like I, um, I actually would have been fairly interested. I was fairly interested in this show after SummerSlam was good, and they really haven't done anything to make me want to watch this. I was honestly surprised it was this weekend. That's I I didn't realize it was uh, creeping up, and I do mean creep. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's going to be. uh, I've got a busy weekend coming up, so. It'll be interesting to find it, uh, find time to watch it. But. Yeah, just just for those listening, um, we're probably not going to cover this 
so or it'll be a little later we might talk about it but this probably won't get a recap like SummerSlam and um, TakeOver did not to the um, not in the same time frame well guys I think we've hit the end of the topics for this episode I did have a question for you that I wanted to get into that's right we put a pin in that what's what's up so um, as a professional wrestler, as someone that's trained, and as a non-stupid um, idiot, what did you think of the? <laughs> what did you? Um, what did you think of the Izzy choke slam from a couple weeks ago? Hmm. There are a number of reasons why I don't like it. Um, if if I'm going to start going down the list, number one, you don't do that with kids. You just don't. You know, the, the, even, even the, and it, as funny as it is, even the, the Young Bucks super kick to the, what was that, that 10 year old? Yeah. Okay. Even that, I still wouldn't have wanted them to do. Um, Have you? Did you watch? Um, did you happen to watch any of the Kenny Omega versus the nine-year-old that I posted after it happened? No, I didn't get a chance to. Have you? But from what I understand, it's basically Omega bumping around her. Well, a lot of her bumps were like more like gymnastic pratfalls. Okay. Like it wasn't her flat back bumping; it was her kind of rolling. Okay. See, in in from what you're telling me. It sounds like that what they did was very much structure this so that Omega is the one actually doing the work and basically just kind of bumping around her. And that's and like he would pit, like she did a dive, you know, he caught her. And I mean, I think the biggest thing on the his offense is he gave her an enziguri. He did like a backbreaker on her. And then he well, he threw her into the turnbuckle a couple times. That's pretty much what happened to her in the course of uh, the match. Even with that being said, I still don't like doing that, doing that sort of stuff with with people of that age. Because I don't care if they have been training. The problem is, first of all, part, a big part of bumping is the fact that as an adult, your body is big enough and developed enough to be able to absorb and disperse the shock that you take. Um, if I, if I was off for too long of a period of time, for whatever reason, that first bump back was a shock to my system. Like that, that was, that was a re, that was a, a brutal reintroduction, I guess you could say. So therefore I don't care if Izzy was training or not. Um, the other piece that I've heard is that it was not done with folks from her school that knew her to protect her. Uh, one of the accusations I've heard flying around is just some big doofus who decided he wanted to get heat by doing this. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I don't think he 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 seemed like he he was he he didn't like he didn't. I think he gave her an okay one. Like I just think um, it's a bad idea to flat back bump and i think her head hit a little more than i'd be comfortable with well like i said you, sh- you shouldn't do it um but i mean if you... i think the dude i think the dude that gave it to her took care of her as best as he could with that kind of move though she had no business taking a choke slam 
I was gonna say they they still shouldn't have done it. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't do that. I, I know that some people might argue the point, but in my opinion, it's pretty good that you aren't licensed to get in the ring until you hit a certain age, usually eighteen. And when you do, that is you know someone they, you got to draw the line somewhere, and that's just as good as anywhere else. And then. But you're old enough and your body is developed to the point where you can start adapting to that. The problem with doing that with a child is there's still a lot of development going on. Well, you're not even supposed to lift weights until you're 13 because of growth plate damage. Take a bad bump and get a concussion out of it. Yeah, if you were to take a bad bump and get a concussion out of it, then there's development issues that could potentially go along with that. Yeah. So... No, it was stupid. It shouldn't have been done. It was a bad idea. And it, it, there's not a good reason for it, really. Uh, you know. Well, what I don't understand is if, if she really wants to wrestle, get her to go out there with her trainer. Just run, like, run through your basic spots for four or five minutes and then just do whatever and get out of there. She doesn't need to flat back bump. You know what I mean? Like, just... Or put her in, like, a six-man where she can come in, like, drop kick someone, maybe, like, hip-toss someone, and then get out of there. The, the perfect spot that you could do with her is, like, if you, like you said, with a six-man, is you go in there, she gets the tag because the, the babyface team, because there's no way she wouldn't be on a babyface team. Babyface team is really trying to protect her and that sort of stuff. She gets the tag. She climbs up on the turnbuckle. She jumps to, quote-unquote, hook the DDT, right? Because whoever's doing that can catch her safely. And when they go down, whoever's doing it can protect her when they go to the mat. Or they can turn it into, like, a tornado thing where it's a roll. But even in that case, it still shouldn't happen. Yeah. So, do you want my opinion? It's dumb. It shouldn't have happened. Okay. I wanted, as someone that that has a little more inside knowledge, I just wanted your take on it. I mean, I know that happened was, a couple weeks ago, but I just was curious. It shouldn't have happened. And on that bombshell... <laughs> can I add, can I add yeah, one Yeah, go thought? for it, Matt. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brad may get this. Uh, the only time I uh, approve of choke slams in, in Little Girls is when it's a Chairman Ramu yes. delivering choke slams to other people. <laughs> that that's such an inside joke. But she, but, uh, but here's the thing: she was she was twelve, and she all she did was Undertaker spots. I don't think she ever got like took offense. Yeah. So if it's, for those who don't know, uh, this is also like another. It's DDT, right? No, this was I this think? was Ice Ribbon, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Uh, there's a, there was a, this is like a few years back, oh, like but there decade, was a, this is like a decade ago. Yeah. It's like a long time ago, but there was a, a young girl. She was like 12 or 13. Um, Very goth and she, dumb. she was goth up. She had like a white face paint on. Um, and basically she, I, I don't know how she got involved, but she would go out there and she would, you know, air quote, wrestle matches. And basically she would, as Brad said, she literally would just do Undertaker spots where she would like be choke slamming grown but, men, and then 
But like, somewhere, I'm sure, I'm sure, just, uh, somehow Jim Cornette saw this and was just screaming at his uh, TV, but, sh- uh, but like my, his television, whenever he saw this, because it just completely was killing Kefe. But the, it was hilarious when she did The best thing it. she did that would make me laugh my ass off is that she would do this and then she would pin them with the old school Undertaker pin where she'd like cross yes. their arms and pin them. And it would be these grown men and this little like 80 pound girl doing this to them. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. And her name was Chairman Ramu. Yeah. Shad is probably sitting <clears throat> here like, what do these idiots watch when I'm not around? <laughs> Just you know what? all sorts I, of wacky stuff. I'm, I gave up on it a long time ago. I like ago. to think that she probably was the inspiration for baby metal. Maybe. Shad's probably sitting over there like, what the fuck are they talking about? <sighs> okay. Like I said, on that bombshell, it's time to end. <laughs> oh, I'm stealing Top Gear quotes now. Uh... We want to say thank you all for joining us. Um, check out the May Young Classic. There's a lot of new faces that are trying to make their way. And uh, hopefully we'll hear from you on social media, on our Facebook, on our Twitter. Email us. Maybe maybe I ought to even take the plunge and get us an Instagram set up. But we want to say thank you for joining us. This is Shad. We've been here tonight with Matt and Brad. We're in three quarters. You're in the fourth. We'd love to hear from you. Have a good night.